Welcome to the seventh episode of VS2M2023 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Holmstone, and joining me this season is the guy who is always pleased to have an experienced gentleman behind him, David Findlay. I'll take box 69, please. And I suppose we better start with the worst news of the week, because in their quest to not just irritate us, but really irritate us, not only is Netflix more back, but they announced it literally the day our last episode came out. Boo! Boo, indeed. And bearing in mind that almost certainly that's going to happen again next week, because the 1st of March tends to be when they start doing Belkia news, and that's when next week's episode comes out for us. At least they didn't stick Greg on that dating show they're doing. Yet. Yes. The key word is yet, yeah. because they have actually changed the entry requirements, apparently, for Netflix Mall Season 2 as well, because they originally announced it that you had to be from the US, Canada, Puerto Rico, or the US Virgin Islands, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they've just changed it to you've got to be um, you've got to be a US citizen, which I think has disappointed our dear friend Logan Saunders. Suck a dick, Quebec. <laughs> I would have gone for the more subtle reference of suck it, Quebec, but <laughs> I mean, you do you. I often do. It's going to be one of those episodes, isn't it? Yeah, but at least we got an episode title straight away. <laughs> And one thing I did realise I did have to mention last week that I completely forgot is the fact that Anchor made everyone uh, cover stars last week. Oh. She used her power as the editor to uh, do a photo shoot with all her friends. Of course. And the new Dutch Traitors cast came out as well, featuring Nathan from China and Thomas from Oregon as well. Ooh. I've still got to watch Dutch Traitors. still got to watch American Traitors. Yeah, US Traitors was actually... It obviously wasn't as good as the UK one, but it was solidly not shit. Oh. Which is, I suppose, the best I can offer them right now. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as Netflix Mole, put it that way. Very few things are. And yet, they're trying again. Yep. Can't wait to see how badly they do it this time. I have to admit, I'm not surprised that they're recommissioning it. I'm just thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed. No, I'm not surprised either, Ed. Seemed to do really well when it was on, and then people just forgot about it two weeks later. Yeah, like they were spinning it as, oh, it was top ten in the UK, but it's like nothing else came out on Netflix around that time, and it disappeared after a day. Yeah, it's not like, you know, Squid Game where we're still talking about it. It was, you know, viral for 45 minutes, and then disappeared pretty much. If only it would disappear permanently. Yeah. And talking of our dear, sweet Canadian Logan Saunders, he's actually bothered to watch the last two episodes. So his suspect list for week five was Anchor, then Yora, then Daniel, then Renomi, then Nabil, and then Soy. And his week six one was Anchor, Renomi, Yora, Daniel, Soy, respectively. And his top suspect for week seven is, of course, Veronica Mars. Well, luckily it's not Anchor. Yeah, Anchor would have been his second choice, but this week, given we are down to four people left, is only one suspect each. Do you know what Logan's been up to this week, by the way? Yeah. It's funny you talk about, you know, him vanishing, because he's been hiding in plain sight 20 metres away from a survivor camp, waiting for somebody to stumble over him while they walk past to take a piss. He swears it's not a sex thing, but if he ends up wet and muddy, that's just a sheer coincidence. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that Logan has hidden in a bush waiting to get pissed on, would it? No. Morning, Logan. I think we are now testing the limits of whether Logan is listening to our podcast or not. Because we know he's recommending them to Dutch backpackers, and hello, Logan's new friends. (laughs) We promised we're usually only about... I'd say 90% as mean about Logan as this. (laughs) So previously, the final six were segregated, which is always a good idea in South Africa, for a two-day trip to the Karoo. 
at an archery challenge, Soy knocked five or six eggs off, and as Logan the Vegan would tell us, eggs are no match for Soy. Yura and Daniel saved themselves by not giving in to temptation, while a one-by-one -one execution saw Nabil left all alone and sent home. And they are allegedly in Wilderness. Rick says no one is sure who the mole is, but Nabil was a top suspect, meaning that some candidates are now realising how close they came to execution. Upcoming assignments will have a lot at stake, both personal advantages and a meeting with the mole where someone will get information worth its weight in mole money. I'm going to take exception to them saying that it's wilderness, because it isn't. In fact, precisely zero of the challenges this episode take place in the town of Wilderness. Most of them are either in Utzon or in George, both of which were visited by Belkia. Of course. And the episode title is insightful. It's day 13 and Soy makes a toast at breakfast. Not in front of Renaomi's eggs Benedict. How rude. I know. Does he not have any sort of respect for him? I know. Respect the Hollandaise. Anka tells us there are only five people left and that they are staying in a beautiful house in the hills. You can't swim in the sea at the moment, though, because of sharks. And if this was Gilles de Costa, he would take that as an opportunity. Yeah. I, I love how she tried to put the fear of sharks into everybody, but the only one who bit is Yura. And Yura says everyone is now suspicious. As it gets to the end of the process, you become more suspicious of each other. I'm sure it's got nothing to do with the pot drain last week. And the week before. And the week before that. It's sort of a mercy that there was no pot drain this week, actually. Thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. This is the first episode in four with no pot drain task. Well, it depends how you count the phone call. Yeah. I wouldn't count it as them getting the money till after the phone call, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Rick then meets them in a large field, and Daniel is suspicious of the windsock. And he tells them that they are going paragliding, and the flight will earn them big money or big advantages. Each of the five squares gives them a different prize. A thousand euros, two thousand euros, a yoker, two yokers, or three yokers. However, only one person can land in each square, or it is worth absolutely nothing, and at least two people need to land in the 2,000 euro square to make it worth anything. In addition, they cannot negotiate until they're in the air, and their flight will only last three minutes. I did like how Daniel you know, saw the wind vane and realised, well, it's something involving heights, and then Anka, because she's normal, looked on the ground and noticed the big targets. Yeah. How do you feel about this challenge? I, I don't hate this challenge. Like, I think it's probably top half of the season but this season is sort of starting from a very low base so it's adequate it's not remarkable i i do like it i don't love it i think they needed a little bit more time to negotiate really yeah this is the sort of challenge that they do love to do occasionally and i sort of like this version of it because they work out how to game it immediately it's just they put their faith in euro yeah which is always a bad idea and unsurprisingly, Yura's a little bit scared, and Soy says he's very pleased to have an experienced gentleman behind him. Aren't we all? Anka wouldn't normally volunteer to do it, but she's saying yes to everything on Vidim and taking advantage of the opportunities. And Renomi goes first, obviously, and we hear absolutely nothing from her beforehand. Because of course we don't. It's Renomi. I'm kind of fascinated to find out who you think's going next week out of her or Soy. Do you want me to answer now or at the end of the episode? You can leave it till the end of the episode, but I don't know which one of them is going to go next week. But they're both kind of so obviously not the mole at this point that yeah. they're just superfluous to the experience. Yura says he gets comfortable in the seat, and then it's time to negotiate. Once Anchor, the last person, takes off, their three minutes begin. 
Sarge suggests that Renomi and he didn't have any Yokers in the last test, so they should get priority, and she should land in square five, and he in square four. Yora says he planned not to violently push his opinion, but he couldn't help himself. They can earn 3,000 euros and a Yoker each if they play it correctly, and the three minutes run out before they've even come up with a plan. Sarge goes for number five, contradicting his plan. Anka goes for two, Renomi goes for four, as does Daniel before changing his mind to one. And he says he would prefer to go for Yokers because he'd distribute them fairly and he doesn't mind that people don't necessarily trust that he would do it. But he also doesn't want to be that player. Yora obviously chooses number three because they gave him the chance to get himself a Yoker. And when he lands, he even says, fuck that money. I'm not sure Yura did the right thing even like even within the context of somebody who wants Yokers. No. The right thing as a mole, which let's be honest he is would be to go for number one. Because worst case scenario, no one else goes for it and they only earn a thousand euros. Best case scenario, someone else goes for it and you nullify it anyway. Yeah. And you look like a hero for going for it. Yeah, and like even in his situation as somebody who's pretending to want jokers, if you want jokers, you go for the two or the three and then you, you know, void whoever else got them and then you, you don't end up two jokers behind someone. Yeah, I don't think his moves really make sense nah. this episode, to be honest. I swear, if they put that, yeah, man, fuck that money quote in the mall reveal. They will do. You know they're going to. <laughs> I know they will. There's something else coming up later in this episode that I think they're going to stick in there as well. We are three weeks away from Yora's reveal as mole, and both of us are just so depressingly set on him now. Yeah. I would love to be wrong at this point. Oh, yeah. I would love a surprise Daniel reveal. But it's not going to happen. No. So it turns into a screaming match, obviously. Anka doesn't even understand why Daniel didn't go for number two as a priority. And Rick hands out the Yokers and 1,000 euros of 3,000 for the challenge that they did actually earn. And after they all cool off, they realise that Yora was the one who stuck his dick in the plan and he offers to give his Yoker away. So he gives Anka a Yoker and he uses it to test her reaction assuming she is a candidate as a result of it. We don't see Daniel get one yet. I did quite like Rick sort of sassing Anka a little bit when he gives her the money. He's like, it's still you? They haven't taken it off you yet? Huh. Yeah, it's been a whole, like, three episodes since the Penny Maester was decided. They've not changed it yet? Hmm. And they weren't even together for half that time. No. And then Rick meets them on the beach for the second assignment... They will have three mini-assignments, and the first two will lose the slowest, while only one person will survive the third. That person will earn 1,935 euros of the pot, and have an appointment with the mole. The phone at the end of the beach is the same one that they all answered in Amsterdam when they had to endure speaking to Averon. My condolences. And they begin the first round, tied to a pole, not unlike some of Logan's videos. To escape and run to another pole, they have to untangle themselves and get enough slack to reach it and unlock themselves. And it is all about rope management. And God, I hate that this is basically just Survivor the challenge. Yeah. If I wanted to watch, you know, a mediocre season of Survivor, I would have watched pretty much any season from the last decade. Like, this isn't even a particularly bad challenge. It's just, why is it on this show? If you wanted to watch a mediocre season of Survivor, you'd be currently watching Australian Survivor Heroes vs. Villains. Of course. I am not. Because I have standards. A show that genuinely allowed nine episodes to go by without explaining what was going on with a fake hidden immunity idol. There was an accidental fake hidden immunity idol. 
Of course. So Renome is the first to run for her key, but it's not long enough. And Yura is the first to get everything off. The second part is to unlock a number combination lock, but only with textual instructions. Sawyer is the second to escape, and he realises that the instructions are actually leading them towards writing the numbers in the sand. Renome is the third to the boxes, and Anchor comes up short. Yura unlocks his box first, and finds a grappling hook. In the third part, there are three shovels in a square, and he has to hook the one that he wants. And each one corresponds with a different size square that they're going to have to dig. Anchor then gets her key, eliminating Daniel from the assignment. Yura accidentally hooks the shovel for the biggest square, the yellow one, as Soy unlocks his box. Renomi unlocks hers in third, eliminating Anchor. Soy gets the green shovel, and Yura explains the third part, where they have to find seven tubes, which will add up to 1,935 euros, the sum of all the notes in the game from 1,000 down. Is this not the worst final three for us in this challenge, I think? I think so. Like, I, even the editors sort of realised there was nothing going on here and just doubled down on, like, the epic sort of digging editing. Yeah, I never thought that I would miss Jeff Probe screaming dig woman at people. But I think it did need a dig woman occasionally. If you have Daniel and Anka in the final three, which of these three do you want to be the third one? Probably Renomi, because she's not going to do anything. Renomi's going to play for the team, because she isn't the mole. Yeah. I think Daniel Anka probably would have been tempted by the dilemma, but I don't think they would have spent nearly as much as Yura ends up. That makes sense. So Renomi and Yura are on six tubes, while Soy's on five. Yura gets a seventh and then runs to the phone for his meeting with himself. He is told to remember to bring those seven bills with him, and the phone number, 081-850-8883, is definitely going to be a clue. Yeah. I I couldn't work out what the clue was going to be, but it has to be a clue, surely. Anytime numbers appear on the mole, and I mean, they deliberately showed us the number for Mm. about a second, it does tend to be a clue. And I know you, you talked about the sixth episode of Sri Lanka being the one with the weird ropes alphabet game. Yep. But that was probably the major clue of the season in episode six. And it's also the one time I've ever actually spotted a mole clue when it's been happening. So I am I'm acutely aware whenever they give us numbers on the screen that yeah. something's going to be up with it. Did appropriately for this challenge do a little bit of digging, though. It is not a Dutch phone number. It is a South African mobile number, I think. Oh. It does correspond with Vodafone in South Africa. That makes sense. I just sort of Googled the number. It came up with like scams from Belgium. 08 something is an area code in uh, in Dutch phone numbers, but not yeah. 081 specifically. Because I was expecting it to be, oh, this is going to be the area code of the mole or something. Oh, yeah. So on day 14, they are trying to work out who Yora's going to have an appointment with. And apparently Renomi plucked her eyebrows. And everyone else is taken to a separate hotel room while Yora goes to the art theatre to meet himself. The curtain rises to reveal a Baker-like phone on the stage again, which then begins to ring. I love how they didn't even try and pretend he was there with somebody else. No, I mean, whenever we've seen this sort of thing where the mole has won, in inverted commas, an advantage and gets to meet with themselves, they're at least a little bit more creative. They usually get the host to stand in. Yeah. So the mole tells him to look closely at the mole money, and there is a sentence on each note in one of the languages of South Africa. All of the sentences are final test questions, and some refer to upcoming challenges. The more money that Yora spends, the more translations he will receive. What would you have done in this case? I don't know, because I don't think it's ever 
really explained like how they decide which clues are given in which order because we we hear the phone basically just go from one to the next to the next to the next we do, we yeah. don't see euro really pick okay i want the 25 euro one i want the 1000 euro one it's kind of not really clear how he impacts anything or how they decide you know how much money he spends yeah i think the tactic here assuming you're not the mole which you're obviously is is to just take that piece of information take the piece of information that all of the sentences are in different languages and are referring to upcoming challenges because they're allowed their phones in this season yeah we've seen them with their phones before i would just take the information write down the sentences hand the money back to the treasurer and google it myself later yeah being brutally honest but obviously that doesn't make the tv (laughs) no me going back to the arguably very nice hotel overlooking the bay and googling things on my phone probably isn't very interesting television yeah and even even if they came up with like some excuse to you know take people's phones off them they could always you know go ask like a hotel staff person or something like they did in japan like, it is still a hotel complex, it looks like. It's just yeah. kind of a separate cabin they're all in. Because yeah. they do, for the second challenge, actually drive out from, from the hotel, I think. Or it might even be uh, towards the test. Yeah. So the 25 euro note asks what character trait the mole had in the spooky hotel. The 1,000 euro note asks what place the mole finished in the photo challenge. And Yoro ends up spending 1,335 euros on information and has to leave it there, giving them a total of 600 euros of 1,935 for the challenge. 1,600 of 4,935 for the episode, and 8,400 or 41,185 euros for the season so far. And they are actually still below the Czechia barrier at this point. Czechia, after seven episodes, had 8,975. Well, that's because their mole wasn't allowed to do anything. So Renomi says it's genius if he's the mole to have a self-appointment, but she thinks that he saw someone else. And she takes a big risk and offers Daniel one of her yokers. It is now time for the test. 20 questions about the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows these codes home except for the mole who can never go home. Daniel, Renomi, Yuri and Anka all have one yoker each. And Soy has two. This is obviously a very atypical test because we get a lot of their suspicions before they even actually quote-unquote sit the test. Soy says his number one suspect Nabil is now out and it is a mindfuck. In the last couple of days he's become badly close to someone that he trusted, Renomi. She's sweet, fanatical, and aware of everything, but it doesn't change the fact that Yuri could also be the mole, given how selfish he is being. Yuri is on Daniel. It's a gut feeling. It seems so obvious it's not him, that it just could be. Because a gut feeling always works at this point in the game. He is way too smart for his own good. Daniel has seen the fear in Soy and Renomi's eyes when it came down to that fateful execution, but Yuri is cool and aloof, and therefore the mole. Anku is on Renomi and Soy, and she's leaning more towards Renomi. They are the most fanatical people in the game, but never really made any money. And Renomi has been on Soy since day one, but the better she gets to know him, the less mulling he has done. He didn't want to bond with her, he doesn't really come to talk to her, and that is very suspicious, because everyone should come to Renomi at all times. Yes. And I love how after last week we mocked them for pointing out that Nabil was apparently a massive character until he kind of faded into the background, but to Renomi at least. Mm. Like, we haven't seen any of this concept from Renomi. We haven't seen no. her say bond with me slight. Yeah. It's, it's like the scene where she gives Daniel the Joker and you realise you haven't seen them interact at all in seven episodes. No. 
And the test itself actually takes place at Redbury Farm, which is the home of the infamous ostrich maze. Rick gives them all a coloured pen. Throughout the maze, they will find questions about the mole, and their time will start as soon as the klaxon sounds. It will only stop when they reach him in the centre, and it is time, therefore, for a manual test and execution. And of course, Euro was annoyed about having to take the brown textile. Not just the brown one, the poo brown one. (laughs) I kind of felt like that was a little bit like how, I think last week, the week before, with the cases, it was like, oh, I didn't take a case, look at me being good for the team. It was like, you know, look at what colour I'm using. Like, just so they know which ones are his answers. Yeah. How do you feel about this twist to the test? Uh, Taken on its own, I really, really like this idea. Within the context of this season where we've had elimination twist after elimination twist after elimination twist after elimination twist, I kind of thought it was the wrong time to do it. Yeah, I kind of like how shit-stirry this entire episode is. Because obviously the first challenge is, is only ever meant to cause trouble. This twist is only meant to cause trouble. There is no reason to do it. It doesn't affect anyone. But you force them to have to play their yokers in front of each other again, which they did right at the start of the Karoo bit. And Renomi being worried about, oh, having to surreptitiously play my yoker. I like them having to play the yokers publicly in front of each other and stick their colours to the mast. And then in this one, it's the exact antithesis of what you're expecting because you expect in this sort of a, a challenge to go, I need to be quick because that is an inherent advantage. But being slow is an inherent advantage here because you can then just take your time, go around the maze for up to 45 minutes as we found out in the end mm. and get information on who everyone suspects. Because if yeah. you're in the boat of like Renomi and Soy, both of whom were really big on Nabil last episode, if you're up shit creek without a paddle, you go, well, who's everyone else suspecting? Because everyone else is doing better than me. And if you then find out that Daniel is going 100% in Euro, which he is, maybe that saves you three to final four. Yeah. This sort of challenge, you can tell who's up shit creek without a paddle, and then you can tell who's up shit creek without a boat. And who merely is just running around drawing in poop brown. <laughs> Was he drawing, though? Because we never see Euro answer any of the questions. Well, that's the thing. It didn't really show up on the paper that well. And the one question we did see him answer was Vistamol, and even then he hesitated because he nearly went for himself. Yeah. Which I presume was what you were referring to about that coming back in the uh, in the reveal thing. Well, there was... Nearly answered himself for that question. He'd never, like, never shown actually answering any of the other ones like everyone else is. The other thing I think probably worth mentioning is, remember in Belgia how, how they had that egg hidden in the tunnel? If this is the same maze, that tunnel is still there. So if Yura's starting point is on the other side of the tunnel from everyone else, that would explain why nobody found his starting point. And they can also use, oh, I had to go underground as a clue. Yeah, I did make a reference to the underground tunnel, I think, in my notes. But yeah, there's definitely going to be something with that underground tunnel. Yeah. So everyone's got a flag of their colour attached to their backs. Daniel is yellow, Yura is poop brown, Soy is green, Renomi is red and anchor blue, and everyone can see each other's answers as they run past. Soy claims he's pretty good at mazes, just like he was pretty good at balancing last week, and finds out that Daniel is on Yura. He has said for a few episodes that he's been spreading, but he actually hasn't. What a naughty boy. 
where Naomi finds lots of boards with answers about her, and she says it's great because it gets her to another round of play. Anchor is the first check-in with Rick at 19.29. Yura reaches Rick, but without getting all the questions answered. Daniel gives up with 18 questions done at 22.18. Either he's right or he's getting a red screen regardless. Masoi skips one question and checks in at 24.48. Renomi and Yura get a bit lost. And everyone knows all you need to do to find the last questions is just find the underground tunnel. Yeah. Renomi checks in with one missing at 29.18. And Yora is missing too, but checks in at 29.57. I think the element of this twist that I like the most is the fact that if you want to, you don't have to do all the questions. Yeah. I think it's a very interesting twist to the test to say, actually, if you're feeling confident, don't do all the questions and just get back early. Yeah. You know, if you're confident enough that other people are fucking up, why waste the energy? A couple of other interesting sort of potential clues here. The whole thing with the favourite food question, you know, where they stumble over whose answer was carbonara. Yura does indeed like that carbonara, so much so that he used it as the answer to his describe yourself in one word question in the mall book. Yeah, I think Yura did imply that carbonara was his answer there, because he was a bit offended that anyone had selected carbonara. Yeah. There's also another thing that I think is the sort of thing Venom will do. Yura's finishing time of 29.57. Take the digits and add them together, you get 23, which is this season, which is the sort of thing they love to do, and it's always annoying. Didn't they do that in Georgia for the final test? I think so. I think the mole of that season's quote-unquote time ended up being like 13.18. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a surprise that both of us suspect him. It feels like there are a lot of potential clues in this maze challenge. Like, probably we're looking more for clues here than we're looking for information about who the mole actually is. Yeah, because we kind of know it at this point. Yeah. So Yura, Soy, and Daniel all get green screens before Anchor gets the red, and the fuck bond is therefore fuck broken. And I have to say, I am so glad that I swapped her last week. <laughs> It was my overriding emotion was, oh, Michelle's going to kill me when she sees this episode. I saw one of the theories during the week. Every elimination so far this season, except for the Arnic one, it's been the fourth person who's seen their test results who's got eliminated, which is interesting. And, you know, when you think of four, you think of, you know, four-leaf clovers or luck and all that sort of stuff. The word, the Dutch word for luck is Huluk, your surname, which, again, feels like the sort of thing they would do and we would get very annoyed by. Uh, yeah, I sort of tweaked that one right before you said it. Yeah. So Anka says she was so out of her comfort zone, but she wanted to do everything and give everything a crack. She wills the pot to Renomi, and my favourite thing of the entire episode is that she still has to wear the stupid flag on her walk of shame. <laughs> I wonder if she had to try and get through the tunnel with that flag on her. They make her walk out of the largest hedge maze in the Southern Hemisphere whilst wearing a flag on her back. So next time, Rick promises a safari, the laser game finally appears after eight episodes, and Renomi proves to be a sharpshooter. I think it's very interesting the laser game's appearing next week. Yeah. Because, if I remember rightly... Their first visit to South Africa, they took until episode 8 to do a laser game. 
I don't think there was a laser game until the helicopter game. Uh, there were lasers in episode two, but it wasn't like the laser shootout sort of thing. Yeah, in terms of laser shootouts that yeah. they love to call the laser game, there wasn't one until until he was hanging out with the helicopter defending his exemption. Yeah, I think. Also worth noting as well, we are seven episodes into this season and we have not seen a single advantage that isn't a Yoka. No. Despite them mentioning black and green exemptions in the mole book here, we haven't seen any of them. And yeah. we're obviously not going to see a black exemption now because that would be ludicrous, but mm. there's a chance of a green exemption next week or probably a white exemption because they like to use those for the finale one. But other yeah. than that, there's been nothing. And you'd think if they're doing, you know, exemption for the finale, it would have turned up in the preview. Because that's the sort of thing they like to, you know, stick right at the very end as like the last hook. It did feel to me like that next time trailer was missing something. I don't know what, but it it felt like it was a bit of an abrupt ending to it. There's something more that they're not telling us about next week. Well, they really, really skip over whatever that thing is where they're running up that spiral ramp or whatever it is. Because like we get like a lot of stuff about the safari and the photos and that. We get a fair bit of the laser game, and then there's like two seconds with that spiral thing. Yeah. There's something they're not telling us about next week, I think. Yeah. So with Anka Gogo, Michelle now only has Soy left as her team on the pool. Logan has Renomi, and I have Daniel and Yura, guaranteeing me someone in the final three this year. Mm. Removing Anchor from First Suspicions drops Michelle's score to 4.79, making this the first week all season that I have the best non-adjusted team score. If you adjust, Logan's is now 2.68 out of 4, mine is 2.39, and Michelle's is 2.53. Nobody had Anchor in last place, but we do have a new leader, and it is Femka with a score of 12, where the minimum is 10. Seven people, Femka, a fuzzy orange, Fly101, Brig, Reed, me and Michelle, all have scores of 15 or lower. Four people, Alan, Egan... Reed and Sean all had anchor at number one. The order is now Yorosai, Daniel and Renomi, the latter two swapped from last week. And as of Sunday evening, Yora is the most suspected person by the Netherlands with 34%, followed by Renomi on 25, Daniel on 21, and Soy on 20. And as always, you can do the Bothers by Suspect List each week at suspectlist.rtvwarriors.com or the link in our bio. Quick update on our weekly suspicions as well. Anchor was the first proper bloodbath of the season. You lost three suspicions, I lost five, and Logan lost one suspicion from every single week. (laughs) Yeah, Logan had her every single week in his top two or three. And you and Logan both have seven top suspects from week one to six left, and I have eight. And as I did mention earlier, only our top suspects now count towards the weekly suspicions. I know the answer. Who do you suspect? Well, I am a creature of habit, so Renomi. (laughs) It is that bad this season. I have already pre-populated all of the documentation with your suspicion. <laughs> Shall we say it together? After three? Yeah. One, two, two three. three. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, it's Yura. We, we both, yeah, we both think it's Yura. I've got Daniel in second, and then Siren and Renomi are completely irrelevant, but yeah, it's Yura. We can't hide it. No, I've got Soy in second, but, you know, I, I like literally drew numbers out of a hat for the, the last three. You know it's bad when even our friends that trust nobody are like, yeah, it's Yura. Let's just get this yeah. over with now. And, I, you know, I would just like to say, I told you so. Yeah, yeah, get you gloating out now so you don't have to do it in three weeks. <laughs> I know, I'll still be doing it in three weeks. I know you will, but I can edit it out then. 
Yeah. The more intriguing thing, I think, is who do you think is going home? I think Soy. I think, assuming he, he got the red scrape uh, in episode four, he's basically missed most of episode five, most of episode six, because they were split up. There wasn't really a lot in here for him to see in this episode, because they're all running around separately in the maze. There's not really a lot you can really answer questions about for the Paraguay. So I don't think Sawyer really has a lot of information still. It's obviously not going to be Yura, because he's the mole. It's obviously not going to be Daniel, because he's somehow the only person observant enough to see something that's staring him straight in the face. Renomi, I don't know. I think Renomi's sort of observant enough to maybe consider it, but I think she's sort of on Soy first, and then it's going to sort of depend how like how many of the questions apply to both of them, that which one goes home. But I think my first thought is Soy's going home next week. Yeah, the reason I think it's probably Renomi going is because we had just that little glimpse of Soy in the test scene here going, oh, Daniel's on Yura. That's interesting. Yeah. And I'm wondering whether he's going to at least put some on Yura next episode to go, hmm, maybe Daniel's onto something. Maybe. And then if he does, I think he'd probably be splitting rather than going all in, which, you know, in episode eight, you do not do. No, I think it's likely that Renomi is going to probably put everything on Soy next episode. Which means that all Soy has to do to survive is to put some on Yura and make sure that he doesn't put everything on Renomi. Yeah, I can see that. I think there is a very real chance that we could end the season with only one person identifying them all correctly, which very rarely happens on Bidim anymore. Well, it's happened a few times lately. Because Oregon was one of those seasons. Georgia was one of those seasons. They went through a real run of it, and then and then they haven't had it for a few years. Because the last one I can think of is Renaissance. Yeah, which is a bit of a outlier, because, you know, Mole wasn't doing anything. Is there anything else you want to say? I'm good. Other than ragging on your own for the next 50 minutes. <laughs> I'm good. I, I do think... You know, considering what Vidim is like with, you know, puns about challenge titles and all that sort of stuff, like Alter Ego, the, the couple of the other ones that we've had this season, I'm a little bit surprised they called it, you know, Analog Test instead of Hedge Your Bets. I'm a little bit surprised they didn't mention that it's the largest hedge maze in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. I would have thought Rick would have actually given a bit more information about the location. But yet again, Redbury Farm is to the west of George. It's not even anywhere close to Wilderness. Mm. It's probably about 50Ks from Wilderness easily. Weird. So, thank you for listening to our VS to Mall 2023 recap. We'll be back next week to continue the hunt for another new mall in South Africa. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram where we are TV Warriors. Or you can email us at contact at rtvwarriors.com. Ben Nils is on Twitter at The Grim Recapper, and I'm Andrew Helmstone. You can also follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash rtvwarriors. Thank you as always to Rick for the subtitles. We'll see you next week. This is not the Chinese takeaway. Ni hao. <laughs>